So hey there, friends. Welcome to episode 192 of Self Kind with me, Erica Webb. Today, I want to talk about the process of adjusting and like re-meeting ourselves and practicing self-kindness as a lifelong pursuit. And I'm talking about this because today, as this episode is dropping, it is my 40th birthday and I have some feels about turning 40 and the things that are kind of going on around me at this time and within me at this time. And I thought it could be a good time to talk about that. Hi, and welcome to Self Kind with me, Erica Webb. This is a podcast about what it means to be, live and move through a lens of self-kindness. We'll look at the ways self-kindness can underpin our practices in movement, mindfulness and mindset to support us to be and do the things we so desire in the world. I'm thrilled you're here. Let's get into the show. The place that I want to start today is actually in acknowledging that this is at least the third or fourth time that I have tried to record this episode. I posted a little bit about this over in my stories on Instagram the other day, today, actually. I make it sound like it was days ago. It was today. I posted today about the fact that I was finding this a really hard episode to record. I knew I wanted to do a a recording around the fact that it was my 40th birthday, I knew I wanted to talk about some of the challenges and kind of like stuff that was coming up for me at the moment. And yet when I sat down to record it, it just felt infinitely too hard. It felt vulnerable. It felt uncomfortable. It felt like I didn't really have my thoughts as clear as I would like them. And it brought out a perfectionist in, you know, perfectionism in me that I didn't recognize in some ways. I mean, it's familiar enough, but it brought out something in me that I was like, oh, this is making me really deeply uncomfortable. So I've been sort of sitting with that most of the day today after attempting to record this yesterday. And I thought, you know, I'm going to just not talk about this at all. I'm just going to not do this episode because it just feels too hard. And then I thought, you know, I actually really want to do this episode. This is what's kind of like on my heart at the moment. This is what's in my head and I want to share it. And then I said something this morning in a class that I was teaching inside the self-kind hub. And it clicked for me that that was kind of the thing that I had been missing, I guess, as an idea, as I was trying to bring my thoughts together as I was recording. So we're starting again. I'm giving it another shot. So here we are. This is it. So as I mentioned today, as this episode is dropping, it is my 40th birthday. And honestly, I feel like getting older is a privilege. I often remember my, my, the other women in my life kind of complaining about getting older and really feeling upset about it and feeling worried about it. And even as a younger person, I remember thinking, isn't it better than the alternative? Like, isn't getting older so much better than the reality of what it means if you don't? And so I've always had that belief, right? That getting older really is a privilege. I actually quite enjoy the process. And I think in part because I like myself a lot more now than I ever used to. I feel more comfortable in myself than I ever have before. And it's just kind of an interesting ride in a lot of ways. But that's not to say that there's not some discomforts that come along with it. And one of the kind of surface level things that's going on for me at the moment is that I'm going grey. Now, my parents are both silver haired and it was no surprise to anyone that I would also go grey and probably fairly early, but I never like thought that I would necessarily like embrace that. And it seems like a very, I don't know, 
sort of silly thing to talk about in some ways, and yet it's not. And what I think is incredibly interesting about the process of getting older is that things just start to change. (laughs) Things just start to change and you're like, huh, I don't look the way I used to. My skin looks different. My hair looks different. My body looks different. My body's doing different things. It hurts in different places. Things feel different. And it doesn't mean that it's wrong or bad or a problem, but it's different. It's different to what we've known. And so the gray hair for me is a little bit of like one of those those visual things, I guess, that makes me go, oh, I'm changing. Things are changing. And we know as humans that change is the only constant. We know that it's the only guarantee in so many ways. And yet it is still so deeply uncomfortable a lot of the time because we like certainty. We like things to stay the same. We like to think we know who we are and what is going on around us. And then something will happen and we're like, what is happening? What is happening? Who is this person that I see in the mirror? And so I think I stopped dyeing my hair several months ago, maybe even a year ago now. I can't actually remember. It's been quite a while, but uh, every day it seems like there are more and more gray hairs. And It does lend itself to wondering, what do other people think of me? What do other people think about my choice, about, you know, my appearance? What do I think of me? How comfortable do I feel in myself? All of those questions can come up. And the thing that I said in my class this morning that kind of pulled things together for me was this idea that we are learning how to be self-kind right, as a process, and yet what we have to be kind in response to changes. And so we are in a constant process over a lifespan of kind of like practicing, learning, relearning, adjusting. What does it look like to be self-kind today? now in this moment in response to this new thing that I'm experiencing, whether it's the gray hairs or an injury or the death of a loved one or anything else. There are just things that will happen that will ask for us to navigate in a new way or to navigate something that we've never navigated before. And I just feel like that helps us to recognize as we often talk about on this podcast, that self-kindness isn't a destination. It's not somewhere that we just get to and we go, great, I figured this out, next. We are in a constant state of relating to ourselves every single day. We are in a relationship with ourselves. And you hear it all the time that it's the most important relationship that you have. And yet it is one that can be so fraught with self-judgment and self-doubt and, you know, analysis and, Um, shame and guilt and all of those things. And so in the process of learning how to be kind to ourselves, of having learning how to meet ourselves where we are and where we want to be met, there is this recognition that there's going to be new things around the corner that we haven't yet experienced, that we haven't yet had to navigate because we just weren't there yet. And so having the tools, the tools of self-kindness, the tools of curiosity, the tools of self-compassion, they're the things that allow us to go, hey, I trust that no matter what life has in store for me next, I can navigate it. 
It doesn't mean it's going to be easy. It doesn't mean it's not going to be without, you know, the bumps, but it means that we have tools and enough self-awareness and self-trust to feel like, yeah, I can, I can get through this. I can do this. One of the things that uh, I think has made this podcast episode particularly tricky for me to record is that I wanted to touch on the fact that some of those changes and some of those things that we will come up against are outside of us, but they have an effect on how we feel, right? So I've, I've stumbled every time I've recorded this podcast, I've stumbled over how I want to share this part of this episode because it feels like it's not really my thing to share. And yet I'm keep coming back to wanting to, to do it. So I'm going to do it. Um, it is my experience that I'm going to share with you rather than anything else. But my mum has dementia and has had for a few years now, at least a couple. And the thought that I would be dealing with that at this age never crossed my mind, never crossed my mind. I never thought I would be dealing with an unwell parent at this age, never thought it. And it is an interesting thing to be navigating. It's a sad thing to be navigating it's a confronting thing to be get, to be navigating and it is something that requires a whole lot of self-kindness and compassion and space to navigate because like grief brings up a lot of stuff brings up a lot of emotions and while i have made a conscious choice not to like dive too deeply into the specifics around that because i don't really feel like i'm at the point where i know how to articulate it at least not in this forum, Um, I do think it's another really good example of how our tools are just that, right? How our tools are so valuable in going along with us for the ride that is life. We get so fixated on achieving things, right? That was the other thing that I was going to talk about was this concept of success. I think I probably won't touch on that today just because of the direction that I'm going in. But we get so stuck on this idea of like achieving things, like ticking them off, getting them done. And that maybe even feels a little bit more present as we get older. I'm noticing that for myself, that that feeling of like, I have to do things, I have to get things done, I have to achieve, I have to succeed. That voice is absolutely present for me and seems to be getting a little louder But the thing with self-care, the thing with self-kindness, the thing with that self-compassion piece is that it isn't something we can tick off. It isn't something we can just be like, well, I've done enough yoga now, I'm done, or I've done enough self-compassioning, I'm finished, or I've got this all figured out complete. It is something that we come back to as a tool like all the time because we're in relationship with ourselves, because we're in relationship with the world around us and the people around us. And we are never going to not have things that feel challenging, difficult, awkward to navigate. And so I feel like it is just a really good example of, you know, more reasons why 
having a toolbox full of tools to meet you where you need to be met on any given day is so incredibly valuable. You do not have to find the one magic thing that is going to solve all the problems. You do not have to have the perfect routine. You do not have to have the perfect anything. But having tools that you are practiced at, you know, pulling out of your toolbox and using, knowing that they bring you closer to yourself, knowing that they bring you into this place of being able to listen to yourself, of being able to go through the process of regulating, right? We don't have to solve everything. Sometimes it is just this process of what do I need to be supported There may not be anything to be done. There may not be anything to fix. And I think in so many ways, like grief is one of those places where we learn that because you can't necessarily do anything to change that situation. And yet it's uncomfortable. And so our tools become this way of helping us to navigate things that feel hard, Um, you know, which is, is, is honestly, you know, what we're navigating is our own internal state. We're navigating our own emotional response to stuff. And being able to be with yourself in that process is just so incredibly valuable. What I want to move on to, this is not a very smooth segue, but neither are my notes. So um, we'll just go with a bumpy segue. This idea of reinventing ourselves is an interesting one. And it's something that I want to touch on. I don't know what just happened. Something was just vibrating. So who knows if we lost a little bit of that episode, but I'm not going to stop because we've stopped this episode too many times. Um, This idea of reinventing ourselves, that's something that can come up as we get older and any old time. And I I touched on this last week, which is why I want to insert it into this episode before I, you know, get distracted into a different direction. I touched on that I was going to to comment on on this idea of like reinvention. And we see this, I think, sometimes when we think, oh, that person's having a midlife crisis. They've gone and done X, Y, Z. They must be like not dealing. And one of the things that I think is true as we get older is that we continue to make a series of choices about who we want to be what we're willing to tolerate, what we're willing to uh, believe about ourselves, what we're willing to believe about the world. And we tend to like, I think, start to pull back some of those layers. And so I do feel a sense of reinvention over the last couple of years and a desire for more, but it's not in that kind of like, I'm going to reinvent my whole life. It's more in that sense of, I want to make sure that the time that I have here on this planet feels really true to who I want to be, the things that I want to do, the things that I want to see, the things that I want to experience, and the person that I want to be in relation to myself and the person that I want to be in relation to other people. And I think this is just a really lovely way to think about this idea of how we will continue to change over a life how we will continue to make choices about who we want to be. I am doing something for my 40th birthday that is not anything that I would have ever been able to guess would be my wish. I'm going to the WNBL, the Women's National Basketball League, going to a game. And if you'd said to me even just two years ago, the thing that will be really exciting for you on your 40th birthday is to go watch a basketball game, I would have been like, 
I don't think so. I am not a sport person. I think you're incorrect. And yet it is like deeply exciting to me. I'm so excited. And there's a part of me that feels embarrassed about that. There's a part of me that's like, you can't just change who you are and what you like and what you do. And yet, I mean, you can, right? You might discover things about yourself that you've never known or uncover things that you're like, wow, I thought that was a really um, integrated part of me, right? That belief or that idea or that persona and find that it no longer fits, no longer suits. It's no longer who you choose to be. And I say this because I feel like what a what a delightful gift to think that you get to keep making those choices. You keep getting to make those decisions. Yeah, I think that's all I want to say about that. Um, as I said, not a great segue, but, you know, it is where the notes are. The final thing I want to say about this, and I, I really do recognize that this feels a little disjointed, but uh, it feels a lot clearer than it did the last few times I tried to record it. But it was kind of like I had a mishmash of ideas that I wanted to share and it had to all be in this episode. So thank you for sticking with me. Um, I would love to hear your thoughts as always. But the last thing that I wanted to talk about was just a real recognition that our brain is much more adept at picking up the negative and scanning our environment and our inner world for the negative stuff than it is for picking up on the positive. And that is a very real thing. So that means that you are going to continue to experience things and notice things that are negative and your brain is going to keep on doing that. So the gray hair, right? It's a really good example because, you you know, for me, I might look in the mirror and be like, oh, everybody's going to think I'm 10 years older than I am, or I look so tired or, um, I don't know, trying to think of other examples, but you get the idea. The, the bias is towards negative. And so we have to be really conscious of meeting ourselves with that compassion, meeting ourselves with that kindness, because it doesn't actually happen automatically most of the time. The more that we practice, the more that we choose to meet ourselves in that way, the easier it becomes. But it's not like it's, it's the default, So keep that in mind as you continue to practice meeting yourself with kindness and compassion and meeting yourself where you feel you need to be met on any given day. The presence of negative thinking, the presence of negative thoughts doesn't mean you're getting things wrong. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. It doesn't mean you're just a negative Nelly. It doesn't mean any of those things. It means you have a human brain and you're learning to, you know, navigate what that means. And it's wild, isn't it, to think that we're still navigating this stuff as we, you know, feel like we've lived, you know, I mean, I guess I'm officially middle-aged now, so half a life. Um, and yet we'll be, we'll, we'll, we will continue to navigate it forever. It's just part of the process, right? So as a few little key takeaways, because I do recognize that it was uh, a little disjointed, but hopefully still gives you some food for thought. Through one, two, three, three key takeaways. One, you will change. Life will change around you. So choose to be kind to yourself. You can continue making choices about the person that you want to be, the things you want to do, and the way you want to relate to yourself and to the world. So if self-kindness or meeting yourself with that sense of self-kindness, compassion, whatever, going after joy, if those things feel foreign to you, you can still choose to move towards them. You always have that choice. 
And then the third key takeaway, negativity isn't a you problem. It's a brain thing. And so it doesn't mean you have to tangle yourself up in it. We can use those tools of self-kindness, compassion, curiosity to help us navigate that. All right. I wish I had a birthday present for you, actually. That's one thing that, you know, I talk I talk about this sometimes. I'm not a particularly great long-term planner. And so just today I'm like, oh, we should do something for my birthday. We should do some sort of gift. I don't know what it could be though. So we might hold off on that idea and do it some other time when I when I've given it some pre-thought. But uh happy birthday to me. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. I would love to hear from you. As I mentioned, this was a really tricky one for me to record. I feel great about this particular iteration. I didn't feel so good as I was recording yesterday, um, but I would love to know if this has given you anything that you're like, ah, I needed to hear that or any questions that it might've brought up for you. You can come and find me over on Instagram. I'm at Erica Webb underscore self kind and stay tuned over the coming weeks because there are a few changes coming to the self kind world. I am actually just waiting for my paperwork to arrive in the mail so that I can register officially as a counselor. And I'm going to be offering some new services as part of that. So If you've been thinking I want to work with you, but I haven't yet quite found the right way, uh, stay tuned because I might have the right way coming up. All right. Keep being kind to yourself this week and I will talk to you soon. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Self Kind. If you loved it, why not share it? And while you're there, take the time to subscribe, rate and review the show. I'd love you to come hang out with me more too. You'll find me over on Instagram at Erica Webb underscore self kind. And you can sign up for my e-newsletter by heading to my website, ericaweb.com.au. While you're there, you can also read up more about the Self Kind Hub and other ways of working with me. Until next time, keep being kind to yourself. Bye.